God in this place, and I know it's in your place, and this is what I want to do. I want you to text in the comments. I want you, because there's thousands of you watching right now. Where are you watching from? I, I'm seeing it right now. There's Texas and Houston and Africa, and, and there's, there's Kansas and California and New York. Come on, I want to know where you're watching from. The reason I want to know that is because in this moment right now, there is unity happening all over the world. And as we get into the word of God today, I just want to let you know that what God is doing right now in this season, as everything seems like it's going crazy, I really do believe that God is bringing you into a place where he's trying to speak to you. He's trying to join us as a church and allow us to be everything that God called us to be. And so I am so excited that you are here today because we are starting week two of a series that we're calling help me who's the minister here come on i want you if you're watching with somebody say you're the minister point at somebody right now and say you're the minister here and if you're by yourself i want everybody to say i'm the minister here come on say it one more time i'm the minister here and i really do believe that that is what god wants all of us to know is that no matter what sphere of influence we are in no matter what God has done in the past and what he wants to do in the future, he has put you in that place, at that job, in that school, because you're supposed to be his minister right there. And today, I want to take this thing one step further. We are about to go, and I'm pumped up right now because I am about to preach to you with everything I got. I need everybody to know if this is your first time on the live stream, um, there's nobody in this big old auditorium. And the word, the word that God has given me and that's brewing in my heart right now is about to come into your house. So if you hear something or feel something that's good, I want you to talk out loud, okay? The technology worked last week, and I felt your prayers. I felt your amens. I felt it. And we're going to do it again because the kingdom of God is voice activated. And I am so excited because it's not about a building. It's about what God is building in you. And so today, as we go further in this series, I want to say thank you to every minister that took the call to be ordained. Um, earlier this week, we did something kind of fun on Friday night. We had fun online and, and a lot of people joined me for an ordination service, but the, the, the Though there was a lot of fun things that happened, the one thing that I know is number one, people got saved that night, and number two, thousands, tens of thousands of people said, I'm going to step up and be the minister. Now as a pastor, as the minister's Mr. Miyagi, the one who's supposed to help you, I want to go back to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, and I want to see if we can't take this thing a little bit deeper, that we don't just answer the call, but then we walk worthy of the calling that God has placed on our lives. And this is what I want to say to everybody who's watching for the first time. And maybe you're feeling like what you've done and who, who you've been and who you've been with has disqualified you. No, I want to tell you right now that God is looking at you and said, I factored in all your flaws. And at the moment that you repent and turn back to me, that's the moment I can use you. Somebody needs to hear this. Somebody's pulling on me right now. That's the moment I can use you to do everything that I called you and created you to do. So this is for you. Repent, turn. That's all that means. And God says, and I will use you. And this is how I want to use you. I want to use you to be my minister. So Ephesians chapter 4 is going to teach us. Go to that. And today I want to read it out of the message version. Because the imagery, the graphics were so vivid in this. And I think it will help us get it. It says, and he handed out gifts above and below. This is God. He filled heaven with gifts 
and then he filled earth with his gifts. He handed out gifts of, these are the gifts, of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now, a lot of times we've made those the goal, but those are just gifts. Like being the apostle, the pastor, those are gifts that God wants us to have to be able to serve people. That's not the goal. The goal is not to be Bishop Michael Todd. The goal is not to be Apostle uh, Natalie. The goal is not to be um, um, Archbishop Charles. No, 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 no. The goal is to be a gift to other people. So I just need to talk to some people right now. If you carry the title of pastor, apostle, teacher, bishop, you're supposed to be serving, not be served. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You want to ask about it? Ask Jesus, the greatest one in the world. And his words were, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve. And this is why I'm saying if you're in a place of prominence, if you're a CEO, if you're a father, if you're the mother of the house, whatever you are, your biggest qualification is not being served. It is being one who is a gift that serves others. And that's what God says right here. So he said, I handed out all these gifts for one reason, to train Christ followers or ministers in skilled what? Servant work. <laughs> With each other. It says working within Christ's body, the church, not the organization, but the organism. He said, until we're moving rhythmically, I love that, and easily with each other, efficient and graceful in response to God's son. Look at this, fully mature adults, fully developed within and without, fully alive in Christ. No prolonged infancy. My God, we got to come back to that in just a second. Among us, please, will not tolerate babes in the woods because woods for babies are dangerous. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Small children who are an easy mark for imposters or the enemy. God wants us, watch this, watch this, to grow up, to know the whole truth and tell it in love like Christ in everything. What area do you need to be like Christ in? In every area. What area do you need Christ to be modeled in your life, in your business, and how you talk to people, how you love other people, how you forgive people? It's got to be like Christ. That's our example. And then it says to us, he says, we take, verse 16, our lead from Christ, who is the source, not a resource. And I have to stop there because many of you this week, it just got real. It got real that what you thought was your source is now drying up. And you're waiting on a stimulus package to be able to give you hope. But the one thing that you got to understand is that $1,200 is not going to sustain you. But the God of the universe will. He's Jehovah Jireh. He is my source. He is not my resource. He made birds feed Elijah when there was a famine in the land. And God's saying, if famine comes, I'll still provide for you. When famine comes, I'll still be your God in the middle of nothing. I can bring water out of rocks. I can provide manna from heaven. I'm that God. Somebody say, I I serve Jehovah Jireh. Ah, somebody needs to know that I serve Jehovah Jireh. And he says that Christ is our source of everything we do. He keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and blood flow through us, nourishing us so that we, here's the reason, we will grow up healthy in God, robust in love. That is some good Bible right there. I don't know what you like, but I like good Bible. Bible, I don't even really have to preach, but I got about 35 more minutes, so I'm going to go ahead and preach this today. 
Now, I've never seen verse 14 before, and it, and it messed me up because it like hit me. The word said that if we're going to be God's ministers, if we're going to answer the call, if we're actually going to go into the spheres of influence that God has called us to go into, we can have, look what verse 14 says, no prolonged infancy. The crazy thing about it is most people in the body of Christ, after they get saved, they stay in the infancy of their salvation for decades. Uh-huh. They stay in the place where they're just trying to see, is this sin or not? Can I Netflix and chill with them and steal you? <laughs> is this sin or not? We're staying on the edge. And God's saying, why would you live your life in the infancy of salvation, in the infancy of Christianity? He's saying, I don't want my ministers to live in a place of prolonged infancy. I don't want no old babies. <laughs> and the problem is you think that your age means that you've matured, but you are an old Christian baby. Uh, they, I'm going to need security. People, people are going to have to understand that it's time for us to mature. It made me think about this old um, song that I used to um, hear all the time and literally it got stuck in my head. This may, this may date me a little bit, but before Amazon and before uh, all of the online shipping, um, if you were a kid and you wanted a toy, there was only one toy store that you go to. Does anybody know what it is? Come on, say it out loud. Toys R Us. You already knew. Like Toys R Us was the best for all the young people that don't understand what a Toys R us was before Amazon killed all the big box stores. Um, you used to go to this warehouse like Walmart, but there was nothing there except every toy you've ever seen on Nickelodeon, Disney, and everything. And you could play with them. You could try them out. You could play video games. It was like the free version of going to do some amusement park or something like that. It was amazing. And the thing I remember about Toys R Us the most is their theme song. And this theme song had a very distinct... Um, a melody, but the words were even more powerful, and it made me um, and reminded me of this thing, no prolonged emphasis. Everybody, just listen to the words uh, of this theme song. I want to grow a fun toys for us kids. I got a million toys and toys for us that I can play with. I want to grow up. I'm a toys for us kids. We got the best for so much as you just want to be a kid because if I grew up I couldn't be a Toys R Us kid that reminded me of many believers that they feel like I don't want to grow up I don't want to go to the next level I don't want to actually have to forgive those people who did me wrong I want to stay in a place where I can be and throw tantrums when I don't feel it. Uh-oh. I want to be in a place where I can act like I'm not responsible when I break things. Like some of y'all are breaking relationships and breaking trust and break things. And you want to be unresponsible for that thing. And God told me, he said, all that is, Michael, is prolonged infancy. They're trying to hold on to a season that I've already allowed them to have the power to grow up in, grow up out of. But they're deciding, I don't want to grow up. I just 
want to be a kid. I don't want to grow up. I don't want to have to take responsibility. I don't want to grow up. I don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to grow up. I don't want to have to make time to pray. I'm preaching right now. I don't want to grow up. I just want to have my attitude and say that's just how I am. And God's saying, if you're going to be my minister, I can't have you being a Toys R Us minister. Matter of fact, that's going to be the title of my message. Write that down. Toys R Us ministers. Because I want to make it very clear that God in this hour is not looking for us to stay in the place where he saved us. He's looking for us to mature past that place so we can reach back and get other people who were in that place. But it's hard to take somebody where you have not gone. And it's hard to lead somebody to a place that you have never, ever dove yourself into. And God is calling us to mature. And I know this is a heavy word. And I know there's some of us that are being like, ah, oh, I don't like that. But, but, but I want you to see both sides of it. Because, okay, let me ask you. I need interactive in your home, watching on rebroadcast right now. How many people like promotion? Come on, hands up in the air. You like promotion. You like going to another level. I don't know, anytime when we used to fly airplanes, I loved when, somebody said when we used to fly. I loved when I was in a coach seat and I paid for a coach seat and then they came up and be like, Mr. Ty, you've been upgraded. You've been promoted to first class. And boy, that, that stroll from, from uh, F-32 up to the front seat is like a gangster straw. I don't know what you're talking about, but how y'all doing? How y'all doing? Like, like you go up there and you've been upgraded. Everybody loves upgrade. Everybody loves promotion. But they love the idea of it more than re the responsibility of it. Everybody wants to be a minister. They love the idea of that more than they love the responsibility of that. I think about moments where I was promoted. I want to show some of y'all because we're a hot church. We're humble, open, and transparent. And I remember one of my greatest promotions was when I graduated high school. <laughs> when I graduated high school, y'all, I shouted, I danced, I did everything. And it was a promotion. And I remember being in school thinking like, when I get out of high school, life is changing. When I get out of high school, everything's going to be fine. And literally, when I got out of high school, I realized that that promotion came with other responsibility. Th that promotion to get out of one level came with a whole nother responsibility that I had to take care of. Let me tell you another one of my promotions. One of the greatest promotions, the greatest promotion other than being saved, was when I married my wife, Natalie, okay? This was, this was my boop, 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 boop. That was my upgrade. But I did not realize all of the responsibility that would come with my greatest promotion. Let me tell you about another promotion that I had when I became the lead pastor of Transformation Church. This was an amazing promotion. And when Bishop Gary handed me the baton, I didn't know that I was getting a whole bunch of responsibility too. And what I had to decide is that I wasn't going to be a Toys R Us minister. That I was going to step into the calling and not just take a title, but take the responsibility. At every level, God is requiring more. And when you get more, that means you have to mature. Uh, and that's why I'm telling everybody right now, being in high school was harder than being out of high school. Being married is harder than being single. Some of y'all right now are in this single phase. Like, I just want to be married, baby. Listen to me. 
This is the last season of your life that you get to dictate everything you do without considering somebody else. You better enjoy your singleness. You better wake up at 10, take a two-hour shower, then go get your hair and nails done, then come back and read a book. You better do that right now because as soon as you get a wife, as soon as you get a husband, all that is out the window. As soon as you get kids, that gets cut in half again. And what people don't understand is that in the moment that they're wanting something, responsibility comes with every upgrade. Uh, and that's why I'm letting everybody know at each level of promotion, there is a higher requirement to produce. At every time you get a raise, there's another level of responsibility. For every elevation, there is a brand new expectation. Pastor Mike, what are you really trying to say? Write down my first point. Being a minister demands maturity. If you're going to do and be everything that God has called you to be, I'm begging you right now. I'm pleading with you. I'm trying to give you value right now. I want you to mature. Don't be a Toys R Us minister. Don't be one of those that stay at a low level. Don't be one of those that are prolonging your infancy and you won't talk about the things that really are the issue in your marriage or really the issue between you and your business partner and really the issue just because you're trying to keep everything. Adults, mature people go towards the problem. They don't run from it. They don't hide from it because we know if we go through, everybody say through, if we go through this, we're going to be stronger on the other side. And I want everybody to remember what the word God gave us for this year was. It's stronger. And there's no way you can get stronger by being immature. There's no way. Uh, there's no way you can get stronger by avoiding the conflict. There's no way you can get stronger by saying, I don't need counseling. I'm going to just work it out myself. There's no way you can get stronger around it. You only get stronger through it. Ah! You cannot get stronger around it. You only get stronger through it. And that's why I want everybody in here. To know my only job is to prepare you to be the minister that God has called you to be in government. The minister he's called you to be in the field that he's placed on your heart in education, in the financial realm. He wants you to be a minister there, but maturity is required for you to be the minister. So what are you saying, Pastor Mike? We have to be maturing ministers who don't fight on Facebook about coronavirus. We got to be maturing ministers that don't cheat on our taxes. <laughs> See, our, our actions have to change when you start maturing. You can't be maturing ministers that make advances at people's spouses because you're not getting what you want at home. Uh-oh. I'm talking about real stuff, and I'm talking about stuff that happens in the church, okay? So you think, of, oh, yeah, that happens there. Oh, no, I'm talking about when y'all, uh, anyway, let me stop. You, you got to be mature ministers that don't talk to your kids anyway, but you speak to them with value and correct them. You don't punish them. You discipline them. You need to be maturing believers that don't gossip, and then in the same week try to have a word for that same person. Okay, we need to be maturing ministers that don't hold grudges, but actually can live in freedom. We need to be maturing ministers who aren't scared to commit. Instead, we're just Netflixing and chilling. You need to put a ring on it, bro. You need to go ahead and marry her. You need to be able to be the one to commit to the thing. It's time for you to mature. Stop being on the baby food. Stop being on the milk. It is time for you to mature. You need to be a maturing minister that doesn't run to substances for peace. You need to be a maturing minister that not just talks about God, but actually spends time with him. Somebody just say that right now. I have to mature. 
So my parents, they're amazing people. Um, when I was 17, I didn't get when I was 16, but when I was 17, my dad bought me and my older brother a car to share. And he bought us a plum, not purple, a plum Chrysler Sebring with a tan rag top. And I don't care that my car looked like Barney. When I pulled up, couldn't nobody tell me nothing. You hear me? Okay. And we would ride that car around, and I remember vaguely that the day my dad got it, we were so excited, and he handed me the keys. And right as I vaguely remember, because I was running to the car, he said, son, be responsible. And I was like, yeah, 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 I'm going to be responsible, I'm going to be responsible. But I didn't really understand what that meant until I ran out of gas for the first time. And when I ran out of gas for the first time, I called my dad because he's the one who provided the car for me. I was like, Dad, I done ran out of gas. He said, son, I said, be responsible. And this was the moment I was going to mature. He said, if you want to drive the car, you got to put gas in the car. Huh? No, I just thought I was going to be able to drive the car. I thought I was just going to be blessed. But that was the moment where a maturing lesson happened to me that would guard me even today. The blessing always comes with the burden. Somebody needs to hear me say that right now. Every level you're praying for, every blessing you're going to, the blessing is always going to come with a burden. And I didn't know it at that time, but that was the moment I was going to decide to mature. That was the moment I was going to go from an adolescent who got rides everywhere, and I was going to have to take the responsibility to take on the burden as well as the blessing. I know ain't nobody preaching this. I know ain't nobody talking about this. But if you're going to really be the minister in the place that God's called you to be, you can't shy back because there's a burden with it. you got to step forward and say, I'm mature enough for this. I'm responsible enough for this. I can change my life, my schedule, my attitude, my relationships to answer the call of God and I'm going to take this blessing but I'm also going to steward over the burden <sighs> what are you trying to say all I'm trying to tell you is that if we're going to mature the blessing of being the minister has the burden of becoming mature you're going to have to do some other stuff you're going to have to you're going to have to change some of your conversations you're going to have to let some of the friends go 
that that are good for your <laughs> that are good for your flesh but are horrible for your faith you're, you're you're going to have to make a decision that some of the things that you watch and you see what would happen if pastor mike watch, watched what you watched all this week right before i started ministering to you would you trust that I had heard from the Lord? Would you, after what you scrolled through, after the website that you went to, after the things you were thinking, the things you stayed up late at night watching, would, would that be the thing you would want your minister to give to you? Remember, I'm not the minister here. You're the minister here. So at the times when we're filling ourselves with stuff and then we go to the grocery store and God said, I was trying to use you right there. But there's so much stuff infiltrating your mind and your heart right now that you can't even see past. He said, it's time to mature. It's time to walk worthy of the calling that I've placed on your life. I feel the presence of God right now. And I want everybody to hear me. I'm not saying you're immature, but maybe you are. <laughs> And I'm not going to tell you that. I'm going to let you self-identify today, okay? So I'm going to talk about the difference in the next few minutes about being a Toys R Us minister, a Toys R Us minister that doesn't want to grow up, that wants to stay comfortable, and somebody who is a maturing minister. And my prayer is that every person watching this would by faith shift over into maturity. Not perfect, but progressing. That you would make a step towards what God has placed you on this earth for. So, so, so look, look again at Ephesians chapter 4 verse 12. It says he handed out gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, to train Christ's followers or ministers in skilled servant work within Christ's body, the church. Watch this. Until we're all moving rhythmically. Rhythm. That means everything's working together. You see, my body is moving. Help me, come on, clap. My body is moving right now at the rhythm that has been set. And God says, until the church starts moving in rhythm and easily with each other, efficient and graceful in your response to God's son, until we get this thing of unity, he said, you're still not mature. Do you know some of the greatest arguments me and my wife have had never came to a resolution? One of us decided to be more mature. And at the moment one of us decided to be more mature, we came into unity. It didn't matter if she was right. It didn't matter if I was right. The goal was that in our household we would be walking in unity so much of the arguing that's happening in the body of christ so much of the opinions that are floating everywhere it's a it's a a trap of the enemy that he's trying to keep us ununified that's why in the garden he did not approach adam and eve and tell them about the fruit he only approached eve because if he could get them out of unity just for one second we can lose eternity in paradise because of division and God's saying, if you're going to be real mature, unity has to be more important than you. Ah! Okay, let me just tell you the points. So if you're a Toys R Us minister, this is what you value. You value being the only one. Yeah, I'm the only one that does it like this. Like, this is me. This is how I am. This is the, and that's what our culture is saying, everybody. Be yourself. Do you. Don't nobody have to agree with you. That is directly against the word of God that says there is a blessing, a commanded blessing. Any place there is unity. And the reason why people's marriages and businesses 
and ideas a lot of time aren't working is because you value being the only one. There's like this badge you're wearing, like I'm, it's me against the world. And God said, where did you get that from? Jesus didn't come with that attitude. If Jesus would have come with the me against the world attitude, he would have just been going around like, I'm Jesus, the son of the living God. On April 12th, I'm going to do something ain't nobody ever seen before. I'm going to die. I'm going to raise again. I'm going to heal people. I'm Like, it wasn't about him. When he came, he was trying to take others on the journey. He was trying to bring unity so that when he was gone, they could carry the message further. What I'm saying is, if you're a Toys R Us minister, you value being the only one. But if you're a maturing minister, you value being one. Being unified. That analogy of rhythmically working together. I thought about that because I'm a drummer. And one of the things that we all are, what the scripture says, is we are many members of the same body. Now, when I play the drums, I have to use all the members of my body. I have to use both of my hands and both of my feet. Now, what would happen if I sit down to this drum set and all of my body's um, parts are not doing what they're supposed to do together? So this is doing something. This is doing something. <laughs> The crazy thing about it is this is what the church looks like and sounds like because we're all trying to do our own thing. I want to be the one. I want to be the one. I want to be the one. But God says, what would happen if you got into unity? Somebody shot at me unity ah! and you started working together. And when you're doing your thing, I'm supporting it. And when you're doing your thing, I'm supporting it. Hey. <laughs> John 17 20 Jesus is talking and he's praying to God and look what he says I am praying like all the things he could have prayed look what he prayed I am praying not not only for these disciples not only for the ministers but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message so that's everybody that's watching look what he prayed for us I pray that they will be one I pray that they will be in unity. Just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us. So may all these ministers and everybody they reach be unified in us. So look at the reason. So that the world will believe you sent me. The only way people know that Jesus is who he said he is, when people of different economic backgrounds, of different ethnicities, of people who have different beliefs in certain things come together around the one name of Jesus. And they say, there's no way they should be working together. But there's unity there because Jesus is there. I'm asking you right now to grow up. I'm asking you right now to mature and to get off of this petty back and forth. I'm right I'm the one, we're the only ones. No, 
we want to be one. Somebody shout at me, unity. unity! Okay, let me tell you another thing that I found. Um, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12, it, th that tells you the difference between a Toys R Us uh, minister, somebody who doesn't want to grow up, doesn't want to mature, or a maturing minister. Listen, it says, until we are moving rhythm rhythmically and easily with each other, efficient, graceful, and response to God's son. Look at this. Fully mature adults, fully developed, watch this, within and without. See, I need everybody to understand that God is not trying to do just a work for people to see. He would like the work to start within and then be a product without. He wants it to be in you and then he wants it to come from you. He wants it to be innate and then he wants you to export it. And this is what God is saying. Toys R Us ministers value how it's packaged, the outward, and maturing ministers value what's in the package. I want you to be valuable on the inside and the out. I was thinking about Toys R Us, and one of the greatest things that they do at toy stores is they package things well. This thing costs like 